and we're going to be working out the book of Genesis, which is, should be, if you brought your Bible, it is the first book in the Bible, so you should be very good with finding that, the 21st chapter. But before we go there, you can start turning there. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Yes. Do I have any cheapskates in the house this morning? Am I the only one that uh, tries to get something for nothing or gets out free on everything? Anybody? I got three. Y'all all lying. I know y'all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, listen, let me, let me ask a really pointed question before we get started here. Is, it is Valentine's Day. So uh, to all my males in the room, all right, all my males that are married, has anyone that's really been really slack on doing anything for your spouse? Oh, I didn't, don't raise your hand yet. I hadn't even got, got <laughs> Dang. All right. I like that. Anyway, that has not prepared anything for Valentine's Day today. You're like, crap. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Kids, I'm sorry. Uh, dang, I haven't done it. Oh, today is Valentine's Day, and you haven't done anything yet. So now raise your hand, and if you're like, man, I'm like, wait a last minute. Anybody. Now you're all going to lie to me, aren't you? I got three, four. All right. All right, so let me do this. Uh, of the four hands that I got, the, the first person can raise any amount of a dollar bill in your hand. Do it now. If you got, if you got some type of dollar bill, $20 or something, Tony, you don't want to go in for anything? You just checked. You ain't got nothing, huh? You got nothing? Uh, all right, did my man over here got anything? You got any dollar bills in? Because y'all about to miss out. All right, so the guys that lied in the house that haven't prepared anything, yes, uh, I, I just need you to raise, uh, first person to raise, a, uh, all right, so I got, come on up here, come on. All right, so this is what we're going to do this morning. Since, uh, what you got here? Oh, $1 bill. This is going to work out great for me. <laughs> I, mean, I thought, you know, I was going like, to give a trade here this morning. It was going to be, y'all all going to, hey, y'all liars in the house? In just about 10 seconds, you're going to be like, man, I shouldn't lie. I'm coming to second service. Watch. All right. So tell everybody your name. Michael. <laughs> oh, Michael. So Michael is a little slack on the Valentine's deal. So you got $1. All right. So this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to bail you out today, okay? You ready for that? Can, will you give me that? It doesn't matter what I give you in return, right? Because it wasn't yours anyway, right? Dago. Whose was this? Was your dad's? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, since you gave me a dollar, this one I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a $100 bill. All right? Yep. So go take care of something today. We're, gonna, we, we're about bailing folks out and making them feel good. That's right. Yeah. All right. Give Michael a big hand. All right. So by now, a show of hands. Who's coming to second service? My man, yes. Even if you did prep something, Pastor Scott asked me, he said, dude, can I get in on this? No, you can't. So anyway, hey, I, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to trade $100 for $8. I didn't make sense, did it? Life doesn't make sense a lot of times. And you know what, I, what I've come to realize is our decision-making most of the time doesn't make sense. Does it? If you're going to be honest with yourself, man, I make some stupid decisions. Most people in the room would say, Bradley, that was really stupid what you just did. Like, that's for real. Like, that's a real $100 bill. Like, they don't come across my desk at my house very often. So I knew whenever, hey, there was going to be some ticked off men after I gave it away because I knew you were going to lie. 
But this morning, I want us to look at a scripture. I want us to jump right into this thing. A scripture comes out of Genesis 25 that is going to really shed some light on really why we do what we do, why we make the decisions that we make. We don't have any screens, so hopefully you got your Bible. If not, you got your phone. If you don't have your phone, look on your neighbor. If you don't have a neighbor, huh, you're in trouble. Just listen to what I got to say, I guess, and hope that I get it right. We're going to work out of Genesis 25. And I want to read just a, just a couple of verses. It says this. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, quick, give me some of that red stew. I'm about to die. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Verse 32 says, look, I am about to die Esau said, what good is my birthright to me? Verse 33 says, but Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore on earth to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Verse 34 says, then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil soup. He ate and he drank and he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Jesus, I pray right now that you would help this scripture come to life in and through us. God, that you would open something up this morning that will help us look to the depths of who we are. It will make some understanding out of this thing called life and how we make decisions and what they're based on. So God, in this moment, we have your way in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to give you a little backstory on this, what leading up to this verse. I want to tell you, so we got Jacob and Esau, they're players in this story, right? Just shake your head. Y'all remember what I said, hey, it's going to be better if you just interact, even a shaking the head. Jacob and Esau, Jacob and Esau are twin boys, birthed from their mother, and their father was Isaac. So if you've not been in church ever in your life, you've probably heard this statement, our forefathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, so that when you get those in those names, that means you're the firstborn, okay, typically. So Abraham, in, in early in Genesis 12, 13, 14, 15, God is speaking to Father Abraham. If you're a kid, do you remember the song, Father Abraham? Had many sons, many sons, so you, yeah, so last year. Anyway, so he is the father of many. All right, so you with me? So Abraham has his promise to God. Listen, I am going to rock your world. I'm about to make your name known. I'm going to make it great among the nations, and I'm going to multiply your children's children, children's children. But there was this disposition of a man named Abraham that there was something wrong. Well, his wife, she couldn't have kids. <laughs> okay, God, so you tell me I'm going to have many offspring, but my wife that you gave me didn't even have babies. So he took it amongst himself, right? If you remember the story, he hooked up with his maidservant, had Ishmael, but, and then God touched Sarah, and they had Isaac. So Isaac was already a miracle baby. 
And then we hear the story of Abraham getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. Whoa, God, you told me, you promised me that you're going to make my name great. And you want me to kill my son? Well, this don't make sense. Who would agree with me today? Sometimes God doesn't make sense. And our pee little brains. Oh, there you go. Stop lying to yourself. It don't make sense sometimes. So Isaac, knowing the stories of his mom and dad, he gets this beautiful wife, Rebecca, and, well, how about this? So the promise was to Abraham, to Isaac, that your name is going to be carried on through generations. But you gave me a wife that's barren too. That, like, she can't have babies either. So she conceives not just one child, but how many? Twins. Y'all y'all went to East Davidson, didn't you? Yes. I thought so. No Trinity folks. I know that's for a fact. Maybe left. But anyway, so there was two babies in the womb, and I love this. It says that um, whenever she was pregnant, it says the two babies fought inside of her belly. Anybody ever had twins in the room? Any any twin makers? Uh, one, two, yeah. Hey, listen, I don't know what that feels like. Well, I kind of do, but uh, uh, I mean, that was because they ate two plates of food, but yeah, who's counting? Anyway, so, I mean, I never had two babies in my belly. But it says, the scripture says, man, they were fighting inside. And it, it, it affected Rebecca so much, she went to God and said, yo, what's, I mean, what, what, what's going on? What's going on inside of me? And this is what he promised, said, both your boys will lead great nations, but they will always be at war with each other. <laughs> So you thought you had it bad. So Rebecca couldn't have babies. And then once God said, I'm going to give you a couple of them, oh, they're going to fight each other. Well, that kind of feels like in my house most of the time. They ain't twin girls, but dadgum, you know, anybody with it? No parents? Oh, y'all got perp, man. Y'all need to teach me something. I, I thank you. Hey, I'm the only honest two in the group. Hey, listen, there is a, I don't know if it's natural that they fight, but it said specifically they would be at war with each other. The birthright. Guess who came first? If you don't know this scripture, it's not one you just kind of read most days. Esau was the first, which gets the birthright. And Jacob was last, second. But it says they were fighting all the way out of the womb. It says whenever, whenever they, when she birthed Esau, he came out what? Red? No laughing. I don't know what a, a red child looks like. It says from head to toe, he was red. And whenever he came out, it says Jacob was holding the heel of his brother. And listen, when I read this, guys, I get this weird mental image because I've sat in with all three of our children being born, and I'm just not sure what. I need to get that vision out of my brain, but I'm seeing this child shoot out, but there's this another one, like arm comes out holding a leg. I mean, did anybody else read that? When you read that, did anybody else get that? Am I the only one? Thank you. I mean, because that's what it says. It said he was gripping the heel of his brother. Who? what a messed up family. Verse 23, which is a couple of verses before we read it, it says, two nations are in your womb. 
the two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. And hear this. This is a this was prophecy to Rebecca before they were born. I love this. It says, and the older will serve the younger. Now listen, that's that's taboo in this culture. You understand that? Because the first gets it. Because hey, listen, he didn't have to, he didn't do anything to deserve the birthright. Guess what? He just got it. Let me let me just I didn't you don't pay for this one. I'm just gonna throw this in there. There's nothing you can do to allow God to love you any more or any less. You can't do anything to make him love you more. Oh, if I can just do this, this, and this, he might love me more. I don't know if you've heard that before. Well, I'm going to tell you today, that's untrue. He loves you regardless. He loves you. Now, he don't want you to do the stupid stuff you do. He still loves you, though. There's nothing you can add to God because he is God. And if you can add to God, then you are God. And if somebody in the room's God, then you need the microphone because you don't need me up here. Man, how comforting would it have been to Rebecca to hear this news of these two boys? I think it would have been heartbreaking. What do you think? I think she was shocked. She was probably surprised. Sure enough, they struggled. They fought. And Scripture says this, right before, right before this, it says here in verse uh, 24, 27, sorry, the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. While Jacob was quiet, he was a quiet man, staying among the tents, staying at home. Isaac, the father, who had a taste for wild game, loved Hear this, loved Esau. So Abraham to Isaac, Isaac seemingly would have been to who? Esau. I mean, he was, he said he loved, he was loved by his father. Why? Because whenever our kids do the things we like to do, there's a special bond. Would you agree to that? Like if if you're a doctor and they come a doctor, maybe there's something special. Or whatever, you, you fill in the blank. There was, a, there was a special connection between Isaac, the father, and Esau. But it said, Rebecca loved who? Jacob. So you have this weird dynamic. And, and then opens into this story that what we read at the beginning, what is mind-boggling. And hear this, folks. So if he's a man of the wild and he loves to kill stuff and you know, cut stuff and fish stuff and stuff stuff. He'd love the field and stream store. Esau would have loved field and stream. He like field and stream in the house. That's just a side note. I like it, especially when there's sales at the at there. It's expensive anyway, uh, nonetheless. But he, he was a wild man. He loved to be out in the open, but Jacob liked to be home. And so we're only going to see one side of this story today, and I want, I want, us, to, I want us to grasp this when we walk away today is this. Why was Esau... So quick to sell the only thing he had. Now, he might have had some guns or he might have had some knives or something special, killing animals. He might have had some prize possession to him. But when we boil life down, he was given. It was like uh, Pastor Scott says it all the time. He says like a lob. You know, it's like the wiffle ball. It ain't a ball coming in. It's just like the wiffle ball. It's, just, it's easy to hit. It's, that's a lob. See, 
Esau had the lob. He said, man, he was born first. Did you have right to all this? Uh, and let me tell you what, he's, what, he, what he has right to. Y'all ready for this? I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. He says, the oldest son, this is what the oldest son that has a birthright has. And you remember what Esau said, what good is that birthright to me anyhow? You, you tracking that? So keep that in mind when, you're, when you hear this next piece right here, Scripture. Someone who has a birthright has a double portion of their inheritance. Now listen, an inheritance is great, right? An inheritance. Michael, you just got an inheritance, dude. That was my inheritance. I just gave it to you. That was all I got. $100, he got it. Well, I got $100 for second service, but anyway. An inheritance is something great. That means someone did something before you got on the scene, whether they saved something, they kept something, and they gave it to you. But they didn't just, he just didn't have right to, his birthright just didn't have right to an inheritance. It said he has right to what? A double portion. And I, and I will say this again. I did go to East Davidson, but they did tell me what one plus one equaled two. And so if it's me and my brother, that means I get two, he gets one. Did I say that right? I get double whatever he got. So if he got one, I got twice as much as him of inheritance. Now listen to me, folks. Did you, do, you, do you remember who we're talking about? We're talking about Abraham, the father of us. Abraham, the one that had the blessing, the promise given to him through Isaac. And Isaac was given that to who? Esau. Good as my birthright anyway. Well, man, we got a bunch of words we could put in there, right, church? And stupid's the easiest one that comes to my mind. See, he would he would receive twice the amount of land. So you're gonna get ten acres, but you get twenty. Just because why? You were the first one here. No other reason. You get twice the amount of flock. How about this one? You get twice the amount of servants to serve you. The inheritance, the birthright. On top of that, probably the the, the best thing that he could have got was he got the blessing that flowed from Abraham to Isaac. And Isaac to seemingly would have been Esau. He would have received a covenant that only came from God that Jacob was not entitled to. Do you understand that? And he did nothing to deserve it. Abraham was promised, chapter 12, verse 1-2, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make the people that bless you, hear me this, hey Esau, the people that are going to bless you, God's going to bless them. But the people that rise up against you, I'm going to curse them. Who would want that blessing on their life? I mean, who would want that favor of God? Oh, I got some enemies? Yeah, God's going to take care of them. I don't even have to worry about it. I don't even have to look at them straight because God's going to they, rise up against me. God's going to take them. But they bless me. God's going to take care of that too. Man, that's huge. Do you hear that? What good is my birthright anyway? Give me that bowl of soup 
Why did he want a bowl of stew? Is because he was hungry for the moment. See, Esau had been out in the fields. Maybe he had a bad hunting week. Maybe he didn't kill anything. And he was supposed to bring it home, so he came in the house. Jacob, 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 help me, dude. I'm about to die. I hadn't eaten in however long. I'm famished. Hmm. So there's a whole other message of why would Jacob sell a bowl of soup for a birthright? Ain't the kind of brother I'd want. But we ain't going to talk about that today. But I'm going to talk about Esau. Was it that important at that moment? Was he really about to die that he just needed a bowl of soup? Can I tell you this, church? Every day, what I did with Michael, we do. See, God's entrusted us with $100 bills, figuratively speaking. But we trade them for $1 bills all the time. You hear me that? Just like Esau did. Esau traded a bowl of soup for a double inheritance, for double flock, double the land, double the servants, the favor of God. We would be today, we'd say Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. I mean, that's how, that's the lineage here. For a bowl of soup. Let me tell you something, that soup better have been dang good. I don't, I've never met a bowl of soup that would be worth that. Now, I've met a couple of steaks that I like, but not worth all that. Because, listen, I got, I got the double portion. I got a double inheritance of the cow on the, on, the, on the hills. I can go kill my own cow and cook my own biggest 28-ounce filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to trade it for a bowl of soup? Let me tell you something, church. Let me just, we'll cut to the chase. We do that. Every day. I think about Paul in the New Testament. He, he makes a statement in Romans that he says, the things I want to do, I don't do. But the things I don't want to do, <laughs> I still do them. Not by a show of hands, but who in your mind would say, that's me. Every day, I trade for a bowl of soup. You know what that bowl of soup represents? It could represent the favor of God on your life. That you're trading something in every day for a bowl of soup. Is it that good? Is it really that good? On, on a, on a, as we continue here, let me use my microwave up here. Y'all don't mind me up here in my microwave. Anybody smell that aroma in the room? Come on. Somebody say glory. I need a little better glory than that. Glory. I worked hard on that unit last night. Come on. That's a London brew up here. Been cooking for 12 hours. I want to ask you a couple questions today as we close. What are you trading in in your life for a bowl of soup? So we didn't, I, I, I did pray, prepare for about three hours today because I hadn't preached in a year. I figured better be ready, right? But they didn't give me a whole lot of time, so I'm just, I'm going to honor God here. I want to ask a couple questions. What are you trading in today in place of the favor of God? See, Esau 
he traded for a stinking bowl of soup. Church, every day, what are you trading in? Listen, the value of this dollar, I can promise you this. What do you do with your checkbook every day? I can promise you, you're trading this for something. Like you work your butt off to make money because that's the American way, right? Work, work, work. I'm going to outwork somebody so I can get ahead. You're going to work your butt off for this thing right here, for this thing, and then you turn around and trade it for something stupid that has no value in life, nothing. You can have that. Go ahead. That's right. That's my man. You know you a home city when you throw a dollar in there. Yep, I'll take that into the house. Good to go. Hey, Tony, I'm going to have this ramen noodles up in a minute, too. You know what I'm saying? All right, go ahead and take it. But every day, sometimes I stop and wonder about the things in our life that make this thing easier. You know, we got cell phones. Man, we got TV dinners. <laughs> Anybody remember TV dinners? No, nah, they don't make them anymore, but they, it was good for a time. They might still make them. ATMs. I don't want to have to sit at the bank and wait in line. Give me an ATM. Make things easier, right? Convenience. What do you trade in every day for your convenience? I can tell you what I've done this morning is this. Now, listen, I ain't hating, so don't take this hating right here. Ooh. I'm not taking hating because, boy, what got me through four years of college is these ramen noodles. Can I get a white water on some ramen noodles in the house? Come on. Yeah, come on. Glory. Glory to God. I don't, it's been a long time since I hooked them up, though. You pour a little water in this unit. Somebody about to like this. Oh, that was perfect. God, I couldn't have gotten better. We're going to wait two minutes on that. Let me tell you my favorite ramen noodle. Shrimp flavored. <laughs> have I ever told you that before? I think I have had to. If you didn't, do you know? Shrimp flavored ramen noodles. They got me through college. Mmm. Good times. This is beef flavored, though. Because I'm not eating it. My boy Brian Bruce in the house. Brian Bruce, where's he at? He's in there. Hey, you know, just stay there just for one second. We're waiting two minutes on this, but in two minutes, you're going to come on up and he's going to taste. Hey, how about the carpool lines in Washington, D.C., in L.A., in Chicago? We make things. If you can get enough people in your car, we're going to give you a special lane to get the work easier, faster, better. I've been up to visit my brother in D.C., and them mugs, people like put blow-up dolls in their car to say, hey, the Hub 3, yep, I got three people. Them mugs are blow-up people. But they got a wig on and a hat, you know, pulled down, you know, like Pastor Scott with his uh, uh, beanie on. Yeah, that's what they look like. I mean, they look real, but they psh, don't poke them because they're, psh, you know what I'm saying? It's bad news. But that's what we do in life. We, we do high-speed internet because that slow junk just wasn't cutting it, Right. Y'all all probably got high-speed internet. It ain't fast enough for you, is it? Like, who's cussing? Oh, I mean, who's not cussing? Uh, who's uh, who's complaining about Time Warner Cable in the house? Yeah, I am because my bill just went up this month. But I had to call somebody for 30 minutes, try to get that thing cut in half. We'll do it, though. We'll stay in it. You'll stay the game. You'll be long enough. You can do it. But we try to do something that's convenient for us. But listen, let me, can I tell you something? It's not always about convenience. Like the microwave was a good invention, but you know what I just was able to create? I was I was able to create a bowl of stew in four minutes. Two minutes of hot water, two minutes of sitting. Bruzy, come on up, boss. Y'all give it up for Brian Bruce. 
Hey, Brian, give us a taste on that right there, boss, if you don't mind. Just give this a one bite. You can stir it up if you want. It's good. It smells good. Anybody smell it? Yes, it's good. See, what happens is we put it in the microwave, and it's quick. And it's quick. Our life is convenience. How did it turn out, Brian? You, you had a bite yet? What you waiting on? He's taking his time. He's from the country. Uh, but he don't eat ramen noodles. I ain't going to pray at his house. He must be eating steaks and pork chops. Anyway. Oh, it's all right. All right. So, Brian, let me, let me ask you. Now, listen. Last night, we prepped this right here for lunch today. This is what you call a high-grade London brawl. We call a high-grade at their house. You know what I'm saying? Y'all bear with me. All right. All right, bud. Listen right here, bud. Mmm, glory. He already said, oh, yeah. I picked the right man in the house. Listen, we like to eat if it doesn't show we're professional eaters so brian tell me about that tell me about uh tell me about the crock pot the stew is it pretty good right on the money y'all give it up for brian bruce the bottom line here is this guys the bottom line is that we settle for ramen noodles they both be flavored they both be flavored they both taste like beef but we settle for the ramen noodles in our life. Something two minutes and oh, we feel good. And there went our bowl of soup. For what? For your birthright, for the favor of God on your life. When he says, you know what? Put that beef, the real beef, in the crock pot. Let it sit. Let it marinate. Put some taters in that unit and put some, put some carrots in there and some onions and some seasoning and let it cook. I'm about ready for lunch, anybody. I'm going to get a bite between services. Don't mind me. But you know how long that takes? It don't take four minutes to cook. How long does it take, cooks? Four hours. How long else? Twelve hours I've been cooking that unit. It's falling apart. Sometimes you got to wait. Sometimes you got to hold out. You might get hungry, but that bowl of soup ain't going to fill you. It's not going to sustain you. It's not going to be what God wants for you. Church, hear me. We want to set you up. We want to be a church that sets you up to dream big to dream we want you to be able to use your checkbook when you write that check you're actually buying something of value something of done just wasting the the time that you took to get the money and then the money you spent on something you're wasting it stop it what's the value for you crock pot are you willing to wait and see it through Esau gave up his birthright and he said, what good is it for me anyway? I want to give you this tidbit just real second. Man, I just learned that this week because I've been studying this for several months, but I've never read this in scripture. I tied from Genesis to Obadiah to Romans to, man, it was all these, and I've never never done a research on, on Esau, but let me tell you about Esau. Esau was red, so his name changed to Edom and there was Edomites and his people generation, generation, they were a huge people at war all the time with the government. They're always rising up against people. When God made the promise to Rebecca, oh, he'll be strong and powerful, but it'll be in the wrong way. When you research uh, the Edomites all the way to the New Testament, guess who is of his lineage? Herod. You know what Herod did? Killed Jesus. 
I dropped my mic. Well, I didn't have a mic then. I dropped my, I was like, are you serious? I mean, I was just kidding. And about 40,000, 43 different people, they were connected. Yeah, you're right, God. You're right, God. He is going to be at war all the way to the very end. Can I plead with you, church, today? Can I plead with you just with me real quick? Don't give up. Stay in there. Hold tight. I don't know what that means for you. Hey, parent, don't give up on that child. Don't just write them away. Don't do it. Don't do it. And maybe you're in a job. Maybe you just need to give it a little bit more time and God's going to go whoosh. So I ask you, what is it for you? Are you living a lifestyle? Are you only okay when it's that quick? Or are you okay to let it marinate? We want people that marinate, that God marinates with. Boy, let me tell you something. There's good stuff when the time and the proper time's put in. Amen, church? Let me tell you something. I will tell you this. Thank you, Scott, for saying what you did earlier. That building is not just a building. And I have spent a lot of time in that unit marinating. That is not a building that we're building. That is a place where people are going to come and be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's more than a building. Hey, listen, church, that's more than a building. So I'll tell you this, because we don't talk about it much. You want to give your money to something? Yeah, give it to something that's worth something, that's of value, that's of value. Bow your heads with me. Are you like Paul today? Are you like Paul today? Man, I do the things I don't want to do, but the things I want to do, I do not do. It's probably because I'm settling for a bowl of soup. Soup that will fill my belly for the moment. But then I'm hungry again. And then again. Let me tell you something, church. There's nothing can fill that void but God. Do you hear me? So I dare say in a room this size, in a crowd this size, there's one in here. Say, you know what? I'm tired of trading. I'm tired of trading my $100 bills for $1 bills. I'm tired of trading the things that God's given me for something of less value. I want to upsize. I want to take what I got that God's given me. I want him to bless it. And I want him to multiply it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And you know what, church? He owns the hills that the cattle's on. Who wants that? Who wants a blessing of God like that? I know I do. Thank you. I see that hand. Yes, I see that. I didn't ask for him, but hey, raise him. Hey, if that's you, you know what? You're saying, you know what? Pastor, I'm, I'm tired of trading it in. I'm tired of trading it in for stuff of no value. Here at Hope City, we want to trade for value. I want to trade my $1 for hundreds all day. That's his blessing. Jesus, in this moment, God, as we, as we, as we prepare to leave, God, I pray that we would dream and we would have vision. God, I pray that it would be as what my mama told me as a kid. Son, nothing comes easy. You got to go out and work for it. 
God, I pray that for one in the room right now, I pray for this one in the room right now that God's trying to work in. He's saying, you know, I need you to do this. I need you to start this ministry. I need you to go tell your neighbor about me. And we're scared because we don't see the finish line. And he's just trying to give you a start line. But we get paralyzed by it because we don't see the finish line. God, help us. Help the one in the room that you're speaking to that it's time to start something. It's time to go and do something. It's time to go be something. Help us in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, church, we're leaving now. We're a couple minutes over. A lot over. Um, March 12th. We want to give you an opportunity of something of value. We know that many of you, because we've heard, man, if I could just tell my neighbor about Jesus, or if I could just tell that family member about Jesus, I want to be able to do that. March 12th, which is the day Saturday before Sunday we open the building, this is what's going to happen there. We're going to have a meal. We're going to have a meal. It's probably going to, I don't know if it's going to be that, what did he say? Something but. Pork but. Y'all hashtag that, Pastor Scott, pork butt. Anyway, that's good. I mean, he could have said fried chicken, but he said pork butt. But nonetheless, that day, there's going to be some Boston butts and some hickory butts and yo butt. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of butt being cooked on that day. Come on, can I get something in the back there? Yeah. There's going to be a meal that's had, and this is three ways you can do it. This is one of three ways. You can invite that person that you've been praying for to your house for a meal. Because what you're going to do, you're going to come to the building and you're going to pick up four plates for your family and six plates for your neighbor. And you're going to bring them back to your house and you're going to invite them over. We're footing the bill. So there's no question like, oh, man, what am I going to cook or all this? You know, it's going to be weird. If, if the food ain't good, you can blame it on us. But this is your opportunity to invite them to your house. You with that? You can invite them to your house. Or... You can invite them to their house. Hey, let us come over. We want to bring. I like that. Hey, we come over. We bring food. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm always good. You bring food? Yep. And then the third option is this. You can invite them to his house. That building, that ain't a building. That's his house. That's a place where people have been set free. You can bring your neighbors. Hey, I want to invite you to a meal. No strings attached. And you're going to have a place to sit and hang out. March 12th is going to be a pivotal moment for Hope City, guys. We're going to go into this community and love them just like Jesus did. Amen. For that one that I was talking about, I don't know who it is, but God's asking you to start something, go do it. Go do it. And the power of the Son who came and died and that was buried in that old tomb. But the one we celebrate today, the one that has victory over the grave, God, that's the one we celebrate today. Jesus, our soon coming King, the church, God, we praise you and we thank you. God, may we stop trading our life for not, something of not of worth, as simple as a bowl of soup. But God, we want your blessing to be on us. God, as we go, may we be changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, hug somebody. Give them a high five. We're glad that you're here. Have a great week.